0: Welcome to Westchester Words Education, EdTech, and Publishing. I'm Nicole Tomasi, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Brian O'Leary, Executive Director of the Book Industry Study Group. Today, among other topics, we'll be talking about the Book Industry Study Group Annual Meeting. You may recall that Brian was here about a year ago to talk about environmentally sustainable measures that the publishing industry can be implementing. Brian, it's a pleasure to welcome you back to Westchester Words.
1: Well, you know, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate the work that you and Westchester Publishing Services have put into this series. And I I think it helps keep us connected at a time when we've all felt more than a little isolated.
0: Yes, I think we're definitely all feeling the strains of the isolation. Um, But it seems as if the world is beginning to emerge from what I'm calling a Zoom cocoon. Uh, Last week, some of our staff were at an EdTech conference that took place in London. And there was a lot of articles in the trade last week about the Bologna Children's Book Fair, which was live in Italy for the first time in three years. And Right around the time this episode will go live, the London Book Fair will also uh, have returned live for the first time since 2019. Uh, The BISG annual meeting is also going to be taking place for the first time in person since 2019 on April 22nd. So how does it feel to get back out of the computer, as it were?
1: (laughs) Pretty darn good. Um, You know, BISG has a stand at the London Book Fair, and we're also really excited to be hosting an in-person meeting later this month. But I have to admit, at the same time, that getting ready for London, uh, the biggest question in my head was, how do I do this? I think the pandemic has kind of reframed things like traveling with people that I'm not already related to. uh, And even the basics like shaking hands or embracing old friends. So I had to work a bit to remember even how to pack. (laughs) Um, so our annual meeting also has lots of moving parts we've been talking with the staff at the harvard club in new york about how we're going to deliver a program that leaves people both comfortable in a public setting and at the same time energized by the content we've communicated to all of our attendees that they need proof of vaccination that's a mandate in new york settings where food is served Uh, and we're going to go over all the details with the proverbial fine-tooth comb Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great day, but I also have my own jitters about putting on a party that everyone enjoys.
0: I think that's the dilemma of every good host, how to put an event on that makes everyone feel comfortable and also keeps everything safe. Um, So it's certainly something I think everybody's examining, you know, whether it's the London Book Fair or the BISG annual meeting, finding that balance and just kind of learning how to people again, as it were.
1: Right. That's exactly
0: right. I'm sure it'll go off very well, especially with all the measures that you're putting in place to ensure a safe setting and also a really information-filled event. Um, And the title that you've accorded to this annual meeting is Build Books Better, which I'm interpreting as how the industry can strengthen the infrastructure around book production, distribution, and marketing. Am I on the right track with that?
1: Well, not surprisingly, you're exactly on track. Uh, BISG represents the book industry supply chain and our work solves problems that affect two or more parts of that supply chain. So much of what we do is right in front of us. It's developing and explaining standards and best practices as an example. But at the same time, the pandemic has both changed how we work, uh, where we work. And in some instances, uh, what we do, Uh, our five committees, metadata, rights, subject codes, which is the BISAC committee, supply chain and workflow. We've all been working on ideas on how to strengthen how we make books, and this meeting will shine a light on that work and some other ideas that we think are that are important.
0: And, uh, I mean, the, the committees are all drawn from people who are working in the publishing industry in different roles. How have the last two years impacted them and informed what they bring into committee?
1: We have about 400 volunteers in our membership. I mean, it's kind of an astounding number. We have 180 plus corporate memberships, but uh, people, staff from those companies uh, are what make our committees go. We have a fortunate break because we're national in scope. So we, shortly after I started, since early 2017, we've conducted all of our committee meetings with a virtual option. And in fact, since 2017, all but one of our committees, the Subject Codes Committee, was uh, entirely virtual so we've been using zoom for five years five plus years Uh, we've actually developed a pretty good rhythm for how to conduct a meeting uh, where people are not all in the same room and and it's not that the pandemic didn't have an effect we had to give people a lot of space to just reconnect to talk about what was going on in their work lives uh to you know kind of grieve in some cases uh just the loss of, of personal interaction but we've come out of it, I think, stronger, and I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we've accomplished both in 2020 and 21, but also the plans we have for this coming year.
0: I didn't realize you guys were such Zoom experts. I should have been, like, leaning on you guys when we hopped on to Zoom towards the end of 2019.
1: And you might be the only person who would learn from us. So the, uh, <laughs> so, or this is the only instance in which you, you generally are ahead of the curve for uh, technology, and um, this is that one area.
0: Well, I I thank you. But if you've ever seen me work a computer, you might take that back. So um, to get things back on track here, what can you share with listeners about the sessions that'll take place during the annual meeting?
1: Sure. So our our keynote is actually Michael Peach, who's well known as the CEO of the Hachette Book Group, one of the big five publishers in the trade space in the United States. Uh, They most recently acquired Workman last year. We know he's gonna offer an important perspective on the challenges facing the book industry over the next few years. We're gonna follow that with the panel that I described a minute ago. We're gonna hear firsthand from our committee volunteers about how we build books better. Uh, That will be followed by a conversation among three associations about their efforts to make book publishing more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Uh, This is a continuing challenge and opportunity for our industry. And we'll hear from the organizations that currently include AU Presses, the Association of University Presses, and the Association of American Publishers about their work. Just before lunch, we'll talk about future-proofing your work. Uh, Joshua Talent of Firebrand Technologies, who's a BISG board member and an active committee member, is going to look at change as uh, what we describe the new black, you know, with the idea that being willing and ready to adapt is the coin of the realm. We'll try to answer three questions. Uh, Where do you start? How do you know what the future might look like? And will this environment ever end? So maybe we don't answer the (laughs) third question.
0: That's a lot of grants coverage. He's got a half hour. Uh, He'll cover it well, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) We're efficient. Lunch at our meetings is really fun. Uh, We give highlights for the year, or in this case, we'll probably cover some of the past three years because we haven't met since 2019. We'll vote for new directors and approve the budget for the coming fiscal year. Um, And as exciting as that is, we also get to honor two people, Joe Ganella, most recently with Barnes & Noble, with the Sally Dedeker Award for Lifetime Service. And ProQuest's Pat Payton, uh, one of BISG's really most steadfast committee members, will be recognized with our Industry Champion Award. We're also planning to welcome a company uh, as an industry innovator, and uh, stay tuned for an announcement on that. We, we wrap it up with a closing session that brings together two people who made last year's virtual meeting a lot of fun, One, your own Westchester Publishing's Tyler Carey, and Kind World Publishing's Patricia Stockland. And they're going to be looking back across the day to offer a short list of ideas and initiatives that the industry can implement to improve how supply chains work. They get the last word. I mean, I think, Tyler, you always want to give them the last word. Uh, But we're also hosting a reception after the program to give old friends and new friends a chance to catch up in a somewhat less formal session.
0: Oh, that'll, I'm sure, be very welcomed. all of it. Uh, The sessions sound very informative, and I think people will come away with a a great appreciation of how much ground we've actually covered in the last few years. And while there's still a lot of ground to go, it seems like we've learned some of the tools and strategies that we need to put in place to make that process go more smoothly. At least that's my hope. Um, I think
1: so. I think so. And I'm proud of the work that we've done, but I'm also proud of the industry as a whole. And this will be a chance to celebrate both.
0: Yeah, uh, it should be a really great day. Um, And to anyone who's listening who wants to register, you can click on the events tab that's at the top of the BISG homepage and click on annual meeting 2022. And what's really great about this, Brian, is that you're opening it up to everybody. You don't necessarily need to be a member of BISG to take part. So it's a great opportunity to see how being involved with Bihg can be a benefit for you or your company. Brian, the publishing industry, kind of like the larger society, it documents has experienced so many shifts over the last few years, as we've both touched on, and that can often serve as a catalyst for improvement and change. What positive changes are you seeing within the book industry?
1: It's a really great question, uh, Nicole. You know, book publishing is the business of connecting content to markets. Uh, And I think the last few years have improved our understanding of the markets we need to reach and the communities who can create the content that those markets deserve. Um, The pandemic has also opened our eyes to the possibilities of workflows that are not centrally maintained or or necessarily staffed in a single location. I think we're also more aware of the areas where we fall short in serving uh, various aspects of our community. And I feel like all of these things are both positive and I think motivating for the industry as a whole.
0: Do you think that it's bringing in more people? I mean, the trope out there, if you will, is that publishing is such a New York City and surrounding areas industry. And I think At least I hope that people have seen over the last few years that while that's one hub, there are various areas throughout the country where publishing is very strong. And maybe this remote aspect is allowing more people to come into publishing in regions that are far away from New York City. Are you seeing that?
1: We're seeing some of that. You know, I think that the hiring occurs only at the when when there's an opportunity. People were a little bit slow at the start of the pandemic um, to add staff and. Uh, as things have kind of become the new normal, I, I think you are seeing people more willing to, for example, uh, live with remote work or live with somebody who only comes into the office periodically uh, for for purposes that make sense for the, whatever the process or department is. Um, But I think you'll see a greater expansion of that going forward. You know, there are good centers of publishing that are not in New York. You think of San Francisco, I think of Portland, Oregon, where Mm -hmm. uh, Portland State University has a really strong master's program. Um, You you can also look at Canada. Uh, There there are all these things that are really significant opportunities to engage people who otherwise either would not be involved in book publishing or could not afford to uh, or did just for lifestyle, did not want to live in the greater New York area. I think those are all good things and I think it will help us particularly with respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, because it's it's one of the things I think that's a roadblock if, it's, if you're geographically centered.
0: Yeah. And um, let's not leave out the Chicago region, too. I mean, we've got uh, source books out there and University of Chicago. There's just so much great publishing coming out of that region of the country, too.
1: Thanks for saving me. Uh, you can put in Minneapolis and um, and even Dallas. So it's you're, you're right that there are just many good centers. And there could be more. <clears throat> I don't think uh, publishing needs to be a New York business.
0: And, you know, with things being more remote, I guess in a way that kind of makes things a bit sustainable, too, because there's less travel involved. And it seems kind of auspicious to me that the date chosen for the BISG annual meeting is April 22nd, which also happens to be Earth Day. So I'm guessing there might have been a little intentionality around scheduling that? A little bit. Okay. I, I, I'm on to you. Do you have any updates about the Green Book Alliance that we had discussed the last time you were here or any other sustainability initiatives? Sure.
1: So after, uh, since in the time since you and I last talked about it, uh, we put up a website, greenbookalliance.org, that includes resources, studies, and links of interest that we add every week. Um, we've started a new series. We call it Green Supply Chain Journeys that ask companies five questions about their sustainability efforts. In fact, I'm out in the field right now trying to get more companies to contribute uh, answers that we post. Uh, we're meeting every other week with BookNet Canada, BIC, which is Book Industry Communication, our UK counterpart, as well as BIC's Sustainability Project Manager, somebody they've hired on a contract basis. And we're mapping out other projects and initiatives, uh, one of them in particular that you'll see this year, We're developing a checklist for publishers to use and talking about sustainability with their trading partners so that, you know, effectively the trading partners understand the questions and can give more satisfactory and hopefully more consistent answers over time.
0: That sounds great. And uh, we'll uh, include a link to that website uh, when we post this podcast up on ours So in addition to the regular committee sessions that BISG conducts, you've also been running periodic supply chain lunch and learn sessions. Curious how that's going for you guys.
1: It's actually really well. Our supply chain committee came up with that idea last fall. They wanted to push past the kind of one-way webinar model, uh, which has its value, particularly when you're relatively information dense. But We wanted to push past it to engage people in conversations where they could share their own experiences, their own challenges, and any solutions that they may have put in place, Um, obviously in a non-proprietary setting. So far, we've talked about building better printer relationships. Uh, We've talked about prospects for the paper market, which are probably not as good as people would like. Uh, forecasting as a topic, and sourcing. And on April 19th, we're planning a conversation around inventory. Uh, these sessions are actually open to BISG members and non-members alike at no charge because we're really committed to fostering a conversation across the industry. Um, we've had a lot of engagement. We probably have seen something close to 300 unique individuals participating in even in the first four sessions.
0: That's nice. And, uh, you know, from the webinar that uh, Westchester did um, about a week before we recorded this um, podcast, you know, the paper is very much on the minds of publishers everywhere. And uh, we had Jim Featherston from Warzala on, and uh, there was just more questions than he could possibly answer. But he leaned into those points that, you know, building better relationships with your printers and getting out um, into and having those discussions far earlier than publishers are traditionally used to is going to be so key to making sure that the projects get to market when you want them to get to market.
1: Yeah, we listened to that uh, uh, session and couldn't agree with more uh, with the what your panelists are telling you it's a it's a tough story but it's one that we solve by cooperating and collaborating rather than just insisting that our way is best
0: well luckily this is an industry that at least to me seems like one where there's a little bit more cooperation you know it's a friendly competition but you know when the chips are down everybody pitches in and and cooperates for the good of the larger whole. it seems like
1: yeah i think printers will tell you it's really hard to print without paper
0: It is no two ways about that. So, in the spirit of cooperation, if people are interested in becoming more involved with BISG, what are some ways that they can do that?
1: Well, you know, we're a membership organization, so a lot of the opportunities accrue to the people who are part of the companies that have joined BISG, but that's not the majority of the folks who might be listening to you today. Uh, we're not monolithic in how we provide access to our work. Uh, the brown bag lunch series that I just described is an example of that. So too is the contact form for submitting proposed updates to the BISAC subject code list that's available on our website and open to anyone who wants to use it. Um, you know, sometimes companies are interested in our work but they're not quite sure they're ready to join. And we often have them sample one or more of our five committees. Uh, they meet each month on a set schedule. Most of the committee meetings are just an hour. Although subject codes meets for three hours, it's more of a commitment given its responsibility for maintaining the bisec subject code list. We sometimes need subject matter expertise that isn't immediately available in membership. And when that ha- happens, we try to find and invite folks to join us when we're talking about things they understand better than we do. And we don't put a price tag on that. We just simply say, we're trying to solve this problem. You know, I think about it this way, you know, ultimately BISG serves the industry, not just our members. And so we're offering insight into standards and best practices that benefit the supply chain as a whole. Even if you're not sure about getting involved with BISG, your company probably needs some help solving a problem that was either created or is happening elsewhere. And that's our sweet spot. So I would invite any company listening today that's struggling with a metadata problem, rights, supply chain, subject code, or workflow issue to bring it to us. Uh, We may have an answer already. And if we don't, uh, we're often well positioned to either find or create one.
0: Well, that sounds like a very generous offer, and you know definitely in the spirit of cooperation and for the betterment of the industry as a whole. Um, you know, and on the flip side, there's probably people who have solutions, and if they want to share them, then it seems like an ideal form to do so.
1: That's exactly true too. You know, I think that uh, there's a, a value within BISG when you participate, but there's also um, we learn. Um, you know, I, there, there isn't a day in this role and I've been doing it now for more than five and a half years. There isn't a day in this role when I haven't learned something new. I, it's, it's to the point where I'm not surprised anymore because it's a natural part of the, the role. But I think that, that that really underscores what you've just said, which is that everybody can contribute in this industry and they often do.
0: Brian, thank you so much again for coming on and, and sharing an update. Always good connecting with you. And I hope the annual meeting will be a success.
1: Me too. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Westchester Words. If you're looking for previous episodes or want to read additional content that has been shared by some of our guests, please visit our websites, westchesterpublishingservices.com and westchestereducationservices.com. For an international perspective, check out our sister podcast, Westchester Words UK and International, available on the Westchester Education UK website, Westchestereducation.co.uk, or wherever you stream podcasts. We love hearing from our listeners and welcome your emails at WestchesterWords at Westchesteredsvcs.com. Tell us what you enjoy hearing on our podcast or suggest topics that we can cover in future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, I look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Westchester Words, when we'll be having another engaging conversation about a topic of interest to the education, edtech, and publishing communities. Until then, stay safe, be well, and stay tuned.